Welcome to the Painter Pride Quarterly Slush Pile. Uh, this is one of the best things we do. Uh, what it is, is an editorial meeting that we record for you in which we discuss submissions to the Painter Pride Quarterly um, after asking permission from the author to do so. And... One person in the we, the person that's speaking right now is me, Kathleen Volkmiller. Hello, hello. And um, I'm in Philadelphia in the studio. And loyal slushies will know that I'm very, very excited to say <laughs> Marion is right here on my right hand side and we can hold hands. <laughs> and we're wearing matching um, long blue, sexy <laughs> tunicky tops today. Yes. So I'm not wow. sure what Jason's wearing, but it's a long blue tunic top. That's the theme of yeah. Yes, it's foggy and cold yes, outside. Exactly. We decided to dress to <laughs> the weather. So, so yeah. hi, Marion. She's still here on, on break. And it's really um, amazing and lovely to be with you. Yes, I'm so pleased to sit across the table from you and have you actually in my eyeballs, like, <laughs> actually in my eyeballs. Um, and what a treat it was last night to uh, be at the Black Sheep reading. And I got to see and listen to poets Blanche Brown, Kevin Waters and John Todd. They were amazing. Um, and this wonderful description of the Black Sheep series as a, a reading series for writers. Yeah. That that's what PBQ is doing at that series. Like that's going to stay with me for a while because yeah. it's, it's really true. It's really nice. One of the readers said that she liked that that was what our series was about. Yeah. It's terrific. Very cool. That's yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. So they see what we're doing. Yeah. I think okay. they do. Yeah. So high voice, voice, disembodied voice. Possibly wearing a blue tunic in New York. <laughs> oh, no, I'm actually wearing a Buffy um, sweatshirt. I'm actually wearing my Sunnydale sweatshirt because um, the I'm double parked. I think the most um, important fact about me today is that I'm double parked right now. Okay, that's noted. Well noted. Shall we yeah. call the parking authority on your behalf? You shall not because okay. it's sort of okay um, <laughs> because of alternate sided street parking. Oh, we have right. a kind of like necessarily double park during alternate sided street parking, but I don't live in a neighborhood where you have to be in your car. If I were in Park Slope, I would have to actually be in my dammies in my car, but because I'm in bed sty, I can listen and move the car if someone honks. Oh, the etiquette thanks. changes from okay. neighborhood to neighborhood. That is so crazy. If someone honks. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to have a, a percent of your eardrum pointed to the window. At all times. Right? So yeah. we, we will listen in this podcast for the background honking. Yeah. And make it's... sure that you're okay. All right. We're linked arms in solidarity. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, we are a very small group today, but we're very excited that we have three uh, terrific poems to look at from Natasha Saye. And um, I guess we should just roll right in. Yeah, right? let's do it. All right, let's, let's do it. Do it. Right. Marion, you mentioned that you yeah, want to read can I, I Oh, read yeah, the, please. The first one. Um, and I also want to say uh, I had such fun corresponding with Natasha Saye. And I mentioned this to Kathy and to Jason. I just want to say it again. Um, a sort of apology because I kept... Uh, addressing her in emails as Dear Saye, because I finally learned how to put accents over letters through Microsoft mm -hmm. and was so entr like entranced with that function and in love with the sound of her last name. <laughs> I apologize, <laughs> Natasha. <laughs> so <laughs> Natasha Saye, Dear Utah, state in which I have lived longer than any other state of my discontent. Horace said, skies change, souls don't. 
although like most, I blame anything but myself. You are the place where I moved for work and the place I've complained about for one third of my life. The locust I'm trapped in, an aging otter in an arid zoo. You are my theremin, vibrations and tremors I feel without touch. Sometimes a flyover sense of being left alone, even though the bank teller calls me by my first name. We Utahans wear jeans to the symphony and use family as an excuse for not showing up. We drive streets wider than highways while the blessed call the shots, where one in five carry a gun. I roll my eyes at special rings and garments that mark me as having no ward. You are the state I must explain. Watery beer or restaurants close to schools without liquor. You are also the state where I'm never lost. You are over the top mountains, breathlessly close, craggy gray, rock brown hilled in summer, whiter than my teeth in winter, green in May before drought. Always tell me where and when I am. Along with the copper mine, one can see from space, the salt lake too shallow to swim, the townhouses jammed into crevices of valley like trilobites procreating frantically in a tide pool, while humans are edged by wilderness where elk, coyotes, moose, and mountain lions, and no mosquitoes, no mold, roam. Oh, Utah, you're a kinky rectangle and I'm a pear, wasted on a December tree. We're both queer as cupcakes, except you pretend you're white bread. Oh, yeah, those Ooh, last songs. reading. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jason, we stepped right on each other, but I think we're saying oh, the no, same no. thing. <laughs> What did you say? <laughs> I said, hell yeah, to those last two lines. What did oh, you no, say? gorgeous, right? Yeah. <laughs> Kinky rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a pear wasted on a December tree. That's oh, great. That's, yeah, good yeah. stuff. And I love the O, like just that, that O is so sort of like, it's, it's, it's so, um, what is it? It's brilliant. Yeah. It's wonderful. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not, no, but I, I love that O of the address because it's it's a video, you know, it's it's a sort of like classical moment, but um here it's so beautiful. And and you you've gotten to know her Utah so well by the end. Yeah. That it's it's kind of tongue in cheek, but kind of sincere at the same time, that tension of like, oh Utah. Well, it's funny because it also sort of like ties back to we Utahns, right? Which yeah. is both like fun in my eye and fun to say out loud, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know if my mouth was going to let me say it. Um, but the we becomes the I, becomes the I, becomes the O in mm-hmm. the flow of the poem, yeah. which is really, really mm-hmm. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love you are my theremin. Right. Not <laughs> a word I often see, right? Trevor's. <gasps> yeah. I, I just, have you ever played a theremin? I have not, but can you make the sound of a theremin? <laughs> and you certainly can. I, I, that might, that's a highlight of 2020. <laughs> that was, that was there. I was, I was actually, there's, there's a recording of, um, you, of, of Satie's Gymnopédie, um, in on a theremin that they play on the radio all the time here. But, um, but yeah, if, if you've never played a theremin, like it's just, a it's it's an electronic instrument and you just wave your hand in the space right. and there's a vertical and a horizontal sensor that makes the sound based on where your hand is. Right. 
And it's like the creepiest thing in the world. It's like watching someone do magic. Like it's not like watching someone play like a violin. It's just like you're you're just you're just waving your head. It's like you know one of those things where where it's reading your brain. It's amazing. So I think um, I love that idea of sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I just love that image. Like, I love the actual image of how to play a theremin because honestly, I've always had the image of someone playing the saw, right? And I know it's oh. completely wrong. <laughs> it right? sounds very similar. But the yeah. sounds are similar, sounds right? Similar. I never yeah. understood the mechanism for it, though. So thank you. I think, don't they often have them in museums and children's museums? They do, especially out, children's right? museums. Yeah. They have one on on sale at the at the museum store at the Whitney. Oh, nice. Okay. Sort of like if you if you if you come to the Whitney, I'll I'll take you to play the theremin. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll ask Natasha Saye to come yes. as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. she's totally welcome. Yeah, we can bring her along. <laughs> but it's, it's just a beautiful, it's a beautiful image. Um, the way that it's sort of like, like you're making the music inside of it, but also so like you, you just have to sense it, that there's no kind of like, um, the, the, the changes are kind of electric in this kind of invisible field. And I like the flyover sense of being left alone. Yeah. I mean, there's such an interesting, it's, it, you know, you rarely see this where someone is treating something as simultaneously exotic and intimate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that usually like we either see someone who's like, Oh, this place I've never been before. How strange you are. <laughs> um, or, you know, like, Oh, place where I live, how familiar you are. But this combination, this kind of explanation of sort of having fallen into this place that remains strange, but is now so familiar. Um, I was impressed. That's like, that's hard to pull off. And it points back to the opening gambit too, right? The yeah. sort of, you know, this the state in which I have lived longer than any other state of my discontent. And then the invocation <laughs> of Horace, right? Skies change, souls don't. There's a way, and you know, when the poem then moves into the sort of physical district description of the geography and topography, right? Like you get a sense that the, the, of the solidity of the place, but that even the, the landscape, the sort of changing landscape, the, the seasonal changes, the, you know, the sort of scale of the place and the sort of quotidian daily particulars of the place are all combining in this, this little symphony that she's, she's rocking. I think that, yeah, Jason already mentioned the first half of it. Sometimes a flyover sense of being left alone, even though the bank teller calls me by my first name. Yeah. Like that, that That epitomizes the whole thing. Right. Right. That's right. Right. And also the way that it it shifts. I mean, a lot of the, the stuff in the middle is, you know, Mormon, um, the special yeah. rings and garments and mm-hmm. words and um, but I, I love that it moves into that following we Utahns that she like claims herself into it right she wears jeans to the symphony now too and also uses family but then there are these other ways in which there's this kind of like community that she's not a part of that's right. super central right yeah that's great Wow. How cool. Right. That's sort of threading that needle of being an insider and an outsider. Right. Mm -hmm. Like like both, you know, as you said, like it's the Jason intimacy and exoticism and the sort of rich description is the way of getting at that. Like description is the way she's getting at that feeling. Right. Right. Yeah. What do you guys think of a dare Utah comma? The address in the title, I like, mean, to make it look like a, even more like a letter. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of dig that because like it, it's telling me how to read the thing, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. From just in the comma, it's a salutation. Yeah, right? that's yeah. what it's called, right? Yeah, okay. I like. I, it. I like the comma. Yeah, I do too. And also, I think it's legit. I mean, I think that it's not like sometimes you know, oh, what's that thing you know where like someone is writing a poem and they're like, oh, father. 
um, for the third time after you left me on the this and the that and that. And you're like, they know that. Like, you know, like there's, there's sort of like something where a lot of times if you have a direct, direct address, um, you have to be careful about, you know, giving the the addressee information they already know because it feels artificial. But here it feels kind of lofty. It's a sort of performative. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think the letter kind of, the, the comma makes it a legitimate letter, but also kind of leaves open that all, because you, Utah doesn't, isn't actually a person, right? Like you can't mm-hmm. actually write a letter to Utah. <laughs> you can't, but you can. only if you're Mitt Romney. Like, you too, well, Utah won't read it. That's the problem. Yeah, Utah won't read it. <laughs> what do you guys think? I think we might be ready to vote. Yeah. Tasha Saye. Yeah. Dear right. Utah. Oh, when I get to vote with my actual thumb. Actually, oh, I'm so thumb. jealous. Uh, my actual thumb is in the studio. Get ready. My thumbs are crying. <laughs> my thumbs are like, I. why can't we be in the studio? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really lovely image, right? You're that you're vigilantly sure. on on parking standby with crying thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> He should have planned more better, mm-hmm. you know, because he could have come down last night. Been there yeah, really you too. could have slept over. Next we had a slumber time, party. Yeah. Oh, I would love sure. to. Although I'm um, I just got back from Warren Wilson. I've been traveling oh, right. Right. Um, in North Carolina. And that was super intense. It was wonderful. It was really, really wonderful. Um, but yeah, I need I need to recuperate. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah I need some rest. Marion and I, I slept with Marion last night <laughs> and I just told everyone. Oh, as, sorry, it happens, as it happens, world. <laughs> um, <laughs> at the Warwick and her bed was so huge that you could have slept in the middle and we still would have not accidentally touched all evening. <laughs> I, I, well, one, you know perfectly well that if we were all in bed all night together, I would have totally been cuddling. Oh my God. We would have just been spooning for uh, sure. For sure. Yeah. All right. Wait. So let's focus on Dear Utah. Yes, right. So back to, back to the poem, back to the poem, get your theremins ready. One, two, three. Vote. And it's unanimous. Thank you, Natasha Saye. Can I I say yay, Natasha (laughs) Saye? Well, you just did. I just did. I I guess you can. I can. Jason, I'm going to lie. Since there are the three of us in three poems, you you can choose between the next two. All right. Uh, Um, Dear Caitlyn Jenner is up next. I'm going to do... Um, is homosexuality contagious? You want to do that one? I do. Okay, so then I'm doing Dear Caitlyn Jenner. Okay. All right. Is homosexuality contagious? Like where you touch a doorknob and then wipe your eye and two days later you have a scratchy throat? Or a restaurant patron seeing baked Alaska at another table flaunt its frosted heat, tender cake under cold fruity creaminess and fluffy mountains of meringue? You've heard of it. You're born that way. Either liking women or men or both and in between or neither or not knowing or at least not knowing yet or wanting to know or not. Watch the person move the spoon into the mound. The Romans. Look what happened to them. Mike Pence calls his wife mother. Hear a faint smack of lips. Their daughter wrote a story about a rabbit based on Marlon Brando. If we're talking animals... Recall the two male penguins who raised an orphan chick or the half female, half male cardinal. You could see the split. That's genetic. Abominations, etc. Can we blame Augustine who thought he could live without a body 
and wanted everyone else to do the same, yada, 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 which means new in Hebrew or to show mercy. Each of us has things we must turn away from. Look, but don't touch. Think, but don't act. Don't think too hard, actually. Feel. No, don't feel. The whole room orders the flaming thing. Were you in the restaurant in the first place? Because you weren't really hungry, were you? Oh, I messed up the last line. Sorry. Why were you in the restaurant in the first place? Because you weren't really hungry, were you? Nice. Thank you. Nice. I really like this. Oh, wow. What a great reading, too. Right. Okay. so the thirds, um, you know, I'm I'm, I'm stammering here because I'm going to say the third stanza. But the way the poem looks on the page is almost like this sort of blown open prose piece. Um, But it's it is obviously a poem. So slushies, when you get a chance, take a look at the show notes and look at how this lays out. And that third stanza, you're born that way, either liking women or men or both and in between or neither or not knowing or at least not knowing yet or wanting to know or not. There's such a musicality in the way those pieces like fall and tumble into the logic of that chunk. It's Mm -hmm. lovely, like really lovely. Um, and I and I how would you guys describe like the the tone or the point of view here? Because it's kind it's like kind of um, it's capturing like both an interiority, but an address as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Like so that the, the question is right. posed, you know, to to the reader or to some implied audience. Right. 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 But then it, it has this sort of address and an interiority simultaneously, which is really cool. Right. Sometimes it feels like the eye. Feels like an eye. Right, right. And the address, like think but don't act, don't think too hard, actually feel, no, don't feel, right? Like it's right. this doubleness of I'm talking to you and simultaneously talking to myself, right? right? So Well, and also I think like the like the interesting the image of the base baked Alaska. Yeah. Right. Like, because there's two versions of contagion, right? One version of contagion is the one that we sort of get from the right wing where someone's like, oh, you've been infected and now it's taken you over. And, you know, it's a kind of illness or a sickness that you need to be quarantined from. But the second is a kind of like, oh, that looks fun. Exactly. Like, I hadn't known that that was something that I was interested in. But now that I know it exists, I think that's actually what I want to do. Um, and so that idea that you... Um, have options. Yeah. Right. But like, I mean, one of the, I was, I've, I mean, I know we'll get to the Caitlyn Jenner poem in a moment, but like one of the, the sort of the turf objections to transgender identity, turf being trans exclusionary radical feminists. So like if you're reading Sheila Jeffries, who's a turf, who's a trans exclusionary radical feminist, she hates transgender people and, or I shouldn't say she hates transgender people, but she doesn't think it's a real identity. And her distinction is that transgender people often realize transgender identity is a possibility based on television, whereas she insisted sort of lesbians just know, which is not true. Like, I mean, I know so many lesbians who read Adrian Rich's Lesbian Continuum and were like, oh, oh, okay, that's a possibility. And so this idea that, you know, there might be something wrong by realizing that something is an option and then wanting it um, the way she's taking that on, I think is really, really smart. And so it's sort of, it's sort of short circuiting 
a certain kind of attack um, that certain kinds of right wing people make on homosexuals or gay people or lesbians. Um, by sort of by by existing in two versions of what contagion might mean or two versions of what you know a radiant um, possibility for identity would be i'm sorry i'm being a little incoherent this morning no but um, i love that radiant possibility for identity really does capture like that um that sense of contagion as also like um, the spread of desire, right? Or yeah. like desiring what's being desired at the table next to you, right? And, and in, in yeah. a way, the taste becomes the practice or the possibility. Mm-hmm. And, right? and I'll say, I'm also, I mean, I do know Natasha Salye's work and I do know her history and some of it's it's public. It's been in the New York Times, um, but she was married to a man who um, passed away and now she's with a woman. So there's also a way in which like I come into this knowing that Saye um, didn't think when, when she says um, or neither or not knowing or at least not yet or wanting to know or not that has a different valence for me than it yes. might if I were just reading the poem as a kind of like isolated you know with no background knowledge of who Natasha Saye is right um, can we talk about the baked Alaska itself for a couple minutes sure yeah I'm having a really rudimentary, basic, basic read of one of this, one of the reasons why it's the image Mm -hmm. that I would love to hear what you guys think of why, why baked Alaska? Why baked Alaska? Okay. I'll say my rudimentary reading. Please do. Like, well, baked Alaska is both things. It's hot and cold. It's Ah. several sensations at once. You know what I mean? It's, it's, Mm -hmm. and, and so I think it makes sense in this piece for that reason, you know? And then there might be something about, I don't know, the show offiness of it, the extra fancy of it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like if someone else gets baked Alaska, you like see it. It's like someone else having a birthday. I mean, there's this massive flaming thing. Right. Although I will, I will say the last, the time this happened to me when I was like, Oh, baked Alaska. I want that. Um, I was like, Oh, this just tastes burnt. I do not like this at all. (laughs) Uh, You know, there was a minute that my mom actually created, made baked Alaska on special holidays. It was like, I guess it was a challenge for her. And she, we actually had baked Alaska at home a few times. All right. So it's a, it's a, it's a challenge. Yeah. I think she of, was testing herself. Like that's a, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to confess to my hidden injuries of class here. I I've heard the phrase. I don't think I've ever seen a baked Isn't Alaska. Pretty, really? Really? In real life. No, I'm thinking of that. Like we're going to have to find that. I know we're going to have to find Alaska. Alaska. Baked Alaska. Oh no. Joe's on it. It's like, it's like a meringue. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. like a meringue. See, that's, serve it flambe. Right. That's so when cake. it comes to the table, the entire thing is on fire. Right. Holy and then you blow it out. Mackerel. That's cake. And then, then it's kind ice of charred. Cream, then meringue. Yeah. And then they torch it. And that's what browns the meringue. But it, it does. It's, it's kind of like a fancy s'more. All right, all right. We, are, we are so going to include that image on the show notes. We have to find a baked Alaska, though, in real life, too, yeah. and order it. All right, that's the goal. That's right. the immediate goal okay. is to eat one of those. But the, the long-term goal, right, is 
thinking about the way that image functions, even for somebody like me who's never actually tasted one, right? right. Uh-huh. Or could, I couldn't actually conjure the image, but her description of it, right, does the work of what you just said, mm-hmm. both of you, right? Like mm-hmm. it's the spectacle at the table next door. Everybody's sort of looking at it mm-hmm. and it's beautiful and it's got this combination of, of taste. It's cold, it's hot, it's sweet. Yeah, several textures. All the things are happening, yeah. right? But it takes some boldness yeah. to both create and deliver it and also boldness to order it, right? So it really yeah. is like this. Yeah theater of sensation like the theater of taste and desire mm-hmm, mm-hmm. consumption so very cool so how does that showiness play in the poem though that's the one thing i'm missing that's actually what i was hoping for you to oh. talk about is that part of why it's baked alaska the performance and theater and all of that um yeah i mean i don't know i'll go with like it's a pride parade <laughs> like the Beit Alaska is a giant drag queen on a float. Um, right. Well, and maybe I, yeah, said to I, mean, her, I mean, there is. I was just going to say performance, right? People perform yeah. their gender that they they perform their gender. Right. We all well, do. It, yeah. I mean, in gender performativity, like Butler's idea is that you're mm-hmm. endlessly reproducing um, a kind of template that has no original. Like the like the performativity, like the like gender performativity in the 90s. Um, as understood, was very much about, it wasn't voluntaristic. It wasn't like you choose to do this. It was like you're kind of inside of this um, field that um, you're engaged with. Right. It, was, it wasn't like, because a lot of times performativity is confused for voluntarism. Like you, you perform it in the sense that you decide what to put on. And like, that's actually the opposite of what like gender performativity theory was about. Huh. Okay. Wait. Because my understanding too is about like what's that line? It's um, Butler. Uh, she's been being a lesbian since she was sixteen or something mm, like that, right? right? And mm-hmm, it's the mm-hmm. it's that phrasing, the been being, that right. captures performativity, right? Right. Um, but I think I love that distinction you're drawing though, Jason, about choice too, right? Because yeah. the the been being is like you're always already in this field of like power and and presence and and performing the self thusly right yeah yeah interesting uh, but but i think that part of what's I mean, part of what i like about this poem is that it is kind of pushing back on that and it is kind of saying like not exactly that it's a choice but that it's something you might try or not try depending on circumstance um, and that the people who are telling you not to try it, you know, like Mike Pence, um, is weird calling his wife mother. And then, you know, the Marlon Brando, um, right. Stephen Colbert wrote the book about Marlon Brando being a gay bunny. Uh, this is Joe here. Hi. hi yeah. Uh, hi. Can we make a t-shirt that just says Mike Pence is weird? <laughs> Um, that might be the title of the episode. I mean, because he's just the weirdest. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. just baked Alaska and the title is Mike Pence is weird. We we can we can call we can call the episode Mike Pence is weird. Done. Yeah. All right, decided. Um fantastic. Uh, but I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I feel like we're not talking about the craft no. of the poem. I feel well, like actually, I'm taking us down like all these roads of no, like queer theory. But you know, I, hang on though. I do I do want to like sort of like like loop all that together, which is to say there's like multiple contexts here, right? One is the context of of Jason, what you bring about Natasha Sai's background to the poem, mm-hmm. right? And then plus the poem activates what the reader may or may not know about um 
you know, gender performativity, queer theory, right? Um, and that's functioning as a context as well, right? And so slushies as editors, like we're, you, like you're hearing it, like this is what we do when we sit with a piece. It's so much of what we bring to it is in, um, in play at all times, right? And so that the poem is activating these things and then, and then weighing, right? Um, how the poem is in conversation, right, with these concepts and ideas, and then how what we bring to the poem helps us assess it, right? So the fact yeah. that Jason brings this knowledge about Sai's background, right, um, like how, you know, how does it help you assess this poem? But then like, the bigger question, too, is like, how does that work for editors? Like when you know a poet's work, right, and then here it is in the slush pile, what are you bringing to the editorial conversation that's, a, that's distinctive? Right. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but I, and I also I really love the lines. I mean, I love the sort of way it sort of like works with this kind of like slightly prosier box. Yeah. Um, and the kind of associationalness of them that it sort of like works as a kind of argument um, or a kind of um, lyric, almost as like a lyric essay. Yeah. And I love that yada 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 means new in Hebrew. I never <laughs> heard that. That's, That's great. Fascinating. And, you know, I know we don't, we try not to sort of juxtapose or compare the two poems, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I do love seeing the range here, right? Yeah. And, that, and the first poem is really, you know, in the direct address is relying on description, right? To convey the ideas of the poem. And in this, it's like you get the image, you get description, but it does function more like an, an essay mm-hmm. in a way um, that the the primary, the first poem um we know, and, and which is sort of cool. Like here we see these different forms, the epistolary, epistolary, I can't say that word, epistolary. epistolary. Yeah. Ep- no, I can't say it either, apparently. Epistolary poem, right? And yeah. then here, the more, you know, the lyric essay. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's time to vote. Oh, yes. Let's okay. do it. All right. All right. Cue the baked Let's Alaska. Let's get on to the boat. Mm-hmm. All right. One, two, three. three. Flip thumbs. And it's in. Woohoo. Woohoo. Yay. No attention. Yay. Uh, folks, that's two for two. Two for two. All right. And now we are on to the longest. It's another letter, but it is set up differently. And uh, slushies, just to remind you and noobs, uh, go to the site, pbqmag.org, click on podcast, and you can read these. See how they do sit on the page. So this is another letter, but the other letter was one big, long piece, and this is separated into stanzas. All right, here we go. Dear Caitlyn Jenner, you say there's more to being a woman than hair and makeup. What? Swang walk, tender heart. My wife likes polish now and then. A woman who's never worn pink or a push-up bra. In the pool, scarlet toes make me look twice. The color glints like blood. I look and look again as when I eye your shift from Bruce to Kate. Your lifelong dream lived late. I will be able to live authentically as female, but I've missed so much. Authentic, from one's own authority. It's quite a dream to have a body that does not get in the way of who we are. I cleaned the whole closet out. The boy's stuff is gone. You wear your heart. Let arrows pierce it. My methods blending in. No gazing in the glass. And as I age... I'm ever more invisible. Still, 
it's a different thing to take down womanhood instead of build it from scratch. A line drawn in the dirt on which the fairness of the race depends. I'd like to start anew. I'm a crumbling bridge between who I am and what I like. Here, take my skirts and tights, the teal, the olive, and lavender. Take the scarves, my pillows, and my lumps, batter that rises up and over the tin. Really, I wouldn't mind losing the breasts, their squish, their sag and flop. But what would balance skillet-wide hips and buttocks round as cabbages? I'd shrink those too. I'd choose a boy's narrow pelvis, flat chest, muscled. Yours before, come to think of it. Note we both say boy, youth and power in every move. I don't have to justify. When every body's a field of claim, differences aren't small. I know the itch to float, to choose my sex and who I love as I choose clothes. Each day, a palette or a lump of clay. You want to be yourself, get dressed, get ready to go out and just be like a normal person. I take for granted what you've never had. Fairness depends on where we start. I'll see you at the finish line. Ah, great reading. Good reading. <clears throat> great words. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I'm a crumbling bridge between who I am and what I like. Mm-hmm. I got arm hairs, you guys. Yeah, I could I barely know. read on. I know. I, if, if I was reading alone to myself, I would have just stayed there for, for several beats. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But then that, and, and look at that, the sort of, um, oh, optimism and heartbreak, right? Of I'd like to start anew, right? Like there's something, there's, there's like a, I don't know, like ambition and woundedness in it. I'd like mm-hmm. to start anew. Mm-hmm. I'm a crumbling bridge between who I am and what I like. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Good. Uh, listeners, I, I don't know how good of a job I did. It was hard and I, I don't think I did a very good job. <laughs> there are italics here that appear to me to be quotes that are Caitlyn Jenner's. Yeah. Um, so when you yeah. do look at the poem, I, I suggest you look to see uh, when that separate voice was, was there. I, I tried a bit, but I don't know how well it came over. So I, I want to look at the first stanza too. Um because there's there, the second to last line of the first stanza is really interesting to me um, because of the it's like propulsiveness and and shift and I and I use that word on purpose yeah right? <laughs> yeah right like I, I look and look again as you know talking about toenail polish right I look and look again as when I eye your shift and shift at that moment in my mind means attire dress oh really as when I eye your fashion yeah and then the next line is shift well, like the last word is shift line break from bruce to kate and now it's like oh no no shift never meant like fashion it means this reinvention of right. yourself right That's, yeah yeah which is kind of cool and then and when I, I say it's propulsive because then it pushes you into the poem mm-hmm. like 100 percent, you're m- much deeper into this contemplation about identity
which is another way of saying, and I'll be really frank about this. I'm not quite sure about the, the pace or the way the first stanza is working. Like it's pointing at toenail polish, pointing at the wife. Right. And it's a, it ta- it's like, it's a, a little bit slow to kick into the project of the poem. Um, but it's also delightful to see that shift, right. Mm-hmm, Just mm-hmm. watch it turn right into what it's contemplating. I mean, I like, I, I love the pieces about her own body, about, mm-hmm. about the, the speaker's body. Um, but then the, the, I don't know, the Jenner is such a fraught figure mm. and in a lot of ways, a kind of, I don't know. I mean, how do you, how do you like with Utah? It was, I had a much clearer sense of like, you know, kind of the conversation that she was in with Utah and here, I like the subtlety of the kind of like, um, of the sort of like, what does it mean to have a body? Like I love, like, what does it mean to have a body that doesn't get in the way, but then there's a way in which like the, the Caitlyn Jenner is a kind of, um, (laughs) cipher or a kind of, Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, do you read, do you read it as kind of, I mean, ever since Caitlyn Jenner spoke at the Republican national convention in favor of Trump, I've been like, mm. right. I think we bring um, a lot of baggage to Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, like I, right? I feel like I'm having a much harder time sorting my baggage mm-hmm. and sort right. of like trying to sort right. like, but I, you know, I, I mean, there was, there was that dust up over, I mean, I don't know if you followed the, the, conf, I mean, there was an article in Hypatia, a feminist journal that like was accused of like just using Bruce Jenner in some circles is seen as dead naming a trans woman and is like, you know, we'll get, you know, people get up in arms and other people are like, well, Caitlyn Jenner used is Bruce Jenner herself when she like talks about her life prior to transition. Um, so I don't know, like, I mean, I, I was having a really hard time sort of pulling myself out of a lot of the, I, I think I, I, I'm having a really hard time reading like sort of poetically and I'm sort of like, like I, like I know I was, I was getting a little political in the last poem and then I'm sort of like getting even sort of like more stuck here, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, I, I really feel though that the poet, He's using Caitlyn Jenner to talk about her own relationship with herself, for sure. Right. Right. So. Yeah. So why? Let, let's talk about that. Why such a controversial, huge figure as as Caitlyn Jenner? Right. That people are very opinionated about and have strong feelings about, I think, even those who don't really follow any of the stories. Right. Don't you think? Right. Well, she became, I mean, she became the stand-in for transgender identity in American consciousness. Right. And so even though people like Kate Bornstein and Candace Kane and people who've had like really complex and interesting engagements with what gender is, with what transgender is, with how to understand, with how to be respectful, um, suddenly you kind of get this person who shows up, takes up all the air in the room. I don't know if you saw, like, I only watched one episode of I Am Kate, but there's an episode where they basically have, like, 12 trans women icons on a bus with Kate trying to talk to her about trans history, about trans politics, about um, trans theory, about sort of everything complicated, difficult, and historical. And she's just like, oh, that's silly. And they're like, oh, 
<laughs> you know, you have like Kate Bornstein just sort of like being like, oh my God. Um, and yet this person has kind of become the one trans woman that everyone in the United States knows. Well, oddly, you've just articulated the project of the poem kind of beautifully, right? Which yeah. is that, as you said, Caitlyn Jenner's cipher right uh-huh. in it right so she's it's she's the stand-in right for the the debate right stand in for the complexities around the issue um mm-hmm. right. and i just i kind of i just want to flag up the way context is working here too right mm-hmm. which is to say right now caitlin jenner is uh, it's a it's a she's a loaded symbol so to speak right but not to sound too lofty or pretentious like in 20 years is anybody I mean, maybe we'll remember the name Caitlyn Jenner, but will it have the 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 weight of of history or is it just going to be like a flash of of the pop cultural conversation? And I, I say that also because in a way, Dear Utah is addressing Utah, right? Is homosexuality right. contagious? Again, these are like it's making pop culture references, but it's not fully relying on a popular cultural Mm -hmm. um, icon in order to structure itself. But when I read this poem, it's like, even if I didn't know the story of Caitlyn Jenner, this is a poem about envy, right? And desire and desire for desire or desire for the potential to transition, reinvent, right? Yeah. I I kind of feel she's a little more ruminative than that. Yeah. She's just... Or, or she, I, and by she, I'm saying the speaker. The yeah. speaker of the poem yeah. is just thinking about these issues. Yeah. If I could, would I? Yeah. You know? But I mean, I, th- I think that's kind of the, like, I mean, for me, that's where I, I sort of run into trouble. Because if if Jenner becomes the stand-in for trans identity, like, how is a trans reader going to experience this poem when yeah. it's like, oh, if I could switch, I'd, I'd do that. You know, like, if it's, right, the, the, like, I feel like there's a very much a way in, like, the Utah and the... Um, and the is homosexuality contagious kind of come from an inside, whereas this sort of feels like a little bit more of an outside where it sort of flirts with mm-hmm. a kind of set of possibilities that are not consequential, whereas the other ones kind of deal with possibilities that are incredibly consequential. Does that make sense? I'm- mm-hmm. I think Joe wants to say something. Yeah. Joe? Or did you lose um, that? Well, I really, uh, uh, this entire discussion I've been thinking about uh, when I saw this title, I really was, cringing that this is going to be a very turf oriented mm. poem, but it turned out to be the opposite. I think Caitlyn Jenner as a cipher, this poem is sort of an ode to, Hey, uh, people that might identify as turf right now, you probably should see it a different way. And that's what I kind of feel that this poem is trying to do. And it's really powerful. Um, because yeah, Caitlyn Jenner is a divisive figure uh, because she uh, does not sort of represent a uh, everything good about, you know, like it's a multimodal type of person. But uh, like th- this poem really is like, hey, um, you know what? Trans is fine and stop being dumb. Uh, that's, Thank you. That's how I read it. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. Joe. I, I do love the ending. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, brought me to, it brought me to yeah. tears, actually. Ah, yeah. Yeah. And the phrasing is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I think we should vote, y'all. All right. Okay. What do you think? 
Let's do it. Well, I know I'm voting, so I'm ready to vote. (laughs) (laughs) I call it ready. All right. One, two, three, vote. Yeah. Bang. Three for three. Thank you so much, Natasha, for sending this to us. Yes. Wow. What a great batch of poems. And a great conversation, as ever. Yeah. As always. My faithful friends. And Joe, thanks for that, man. It's great to hear your voice. I appreciate it. I usually try not to jump on too much, but the set of poems is really powerful. So. Here, here. Great job. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. So she's happy 2020. Yeah. We're off. Okay. <laughs> uh, what else? Did we want to have any other words? We haven't. We're not really at an hour. We're only at about 40 some minutes. That's um, I don't know. Do you guys have news? Do you have like fun things happening? Oh, we're going to go to a writing retreat. This weekend, KVM and I are going upstate with some friends from NYU's expository writing program. Um, They're fantastic poets and essayists and Mm -hmm. novelists, and we're all going to gather in a place near Poughkeepsie. (laughs) So the writing will happen. This big, this big, big, big house. And I looked at the weather. It's going to be 30 degrees. It might snow. Which is good because then we can hunker in the house. Like we won't, we won't be going anywhere and we're just going to be um, there. And we haven't had much winter yet. So it'll be winter for a few days. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you remember like the zombie apocalypse of summer when it was, how how hot was it in Philadelphia? Oh God. That day we came down for the, um, the podcast oh, festival. God. That really was soup. The outside yeah. was soup. Because like yeah. people are wearing shorts in New York and it's January. I know. Oh, heck yeah. yeah. Heck yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm having like a little like apocalypse panic. Oh, well, hey, not to make you panic further, but has anybody honked? Is your car okay? Oh, no, no, I'm fine. Okay, good. <laughs> and how about you, Jason? Any news? Any Anything to tell us about the book coming up? Or um, Yeah, I'm setting up readings. Um, I'm really excited. Um, I have some stuff in L.A. and some stuff in Pittsburgh. Woo-hoo, and nice. the book will be out in May, so everyone can... Pre-order. You can actually pre-order it now from Red Hand. Oh, perfect. Um, hold we'll me do. tight. Yeah, just go to the Red Hand website. Hold me tight by Jason Schneiderman. It's it's right there. You can get a copy. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, yeah, and I I just I just taught my first um, residency at Warren Wilson, the graduate program, which was amazing. Um, I just had a really great experience. It was a really intense ten days, and those students worked so hard. That's great. Um, it was, it was so intense and impactful, but I just, I just, I was so happy and I felt so lucky to be there. And it was just really, um, yeah. So everything coming up roses for me. Fantastic. Wonderful. Yay. Fantastic. So I can't wait, wait to read, hold me tight. I'm super stoked, super yeah. stoked and yay. Red hen press. Yeah. I'm excited to still spend some time with Marion and, and yeah, that's it. I think have, we're, you, have think you guys booked all your travel for AWP? Oh, not no. yet. We Hotel, to, no okay. flights. Yeah. yeah. We'll get, we're going to get that sorted in the next couple of days too. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, much love to you, Jason. Much love to our slushies. Yeah. Uh, let us know how we're doing and keep reading. Woo-hoo. Okay. Love you guys. Woo. Love you.
I was wondering if that would count. What a perfect song. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! That was great. Sorry, you guys, you guys got me today, so. Yeah. <laughs> As it should be. Really, really, really great. Good stuff. Really good stuff. All right.